I'm kind of a stripper. Optimism is choosing to stay in to write poetry because I have a full cup of coffee, and even though the centrifugal force of spring calls me outside, I'm betting on the fact some new bulb as big as my face will open right now as if on cue as I sit here at my desk and write. The goodness in and outside is intoxicating after it being neither going on several months now. I feel excited because I finally let it slip that I'm kind of a stripper when it comes to words. And like a lady leading a man down a hallway by dropping articles of undergarments as she goes, this is the alluring scene of the temptress who's decided she's interested to take a lover, but that lover is the world, an audience. Okay, right now it's just a handful of friends, but I'm sensing a stage and my imagination is clamoring to find the steps up onto it. There are parts of myself I just let lie in the unfittable pile, like a puzzle piece you spin around in your fingers for an impossibly long time before giving up, finding it its spot. And you even wonder if it belongs to this set or if there was a mistake at the factory and a rando flew in out of another box. But no, now you see she's yours this exhibitionist, exhibitionistic, slutty, and a little drunk and letting it all fly out of her loose lips kind of woman who's eager to share her story with anyone who sits down next to her. She's finally getting up her courage after having been down for so long and realizing she's got nothing left to lose except her respectability, her professional facade, her dignity as a marble bust of someone trying to be serious and good. But she's dropped down a few pegs by her brokenheartedness, and now she doesn't give a fuck what people think, because when you lose so many things your heart depended on, and then you didn't die from the blood loss, you realize you've got something kind of funny to say about the whole fiasco. And like I said, you're feeling a little saucy because you're just so glad to be out of the morgue. And with that, you raise your glass to your neighbor and in a louder voice than necessary, proclaim you're celebrating and start to tell the tale. The only problem with this little fiesta for one is that she is still in her work clothes with her name tag with a badge bin badge pin stuck in it and a smiley sticker and it hangs off a lanyard showing her formal role in the organization and this is actually her most revealing accessory because a drunk essential worker might have been looked down on before but now she gets a fucking pass and we all know she deserves it it has been beyond rough but not for the reasons the world might imagine In her case, she's coming out of hiding like a woman who was locked in an underground bunker for years with her sister wives 
and finally emerges and doesn't give one fuck what people think she should do with her life now. She has felt the ultimate disenfranchisement, and she has returned herself to her rightful owner, and she will not be taking orders from anyone but her heart, soul, and whatever the poetry gods tell her to do. So this bitch is unstoppable, and she knows it, and she is happy her legs are still strong, and everything doesn't hurt when she moves, and it will be three decades, she hopes, before that kicks in. So she's at the start of a new race, and she's feeling herself. Such is the starting position of the woman with the drink in her hand, ready to take up with her audience. So back to the stripper thing. This buttoned-up hospital administrator is just now remembering how she used to love to show off, but not in a slutty way always, in a way like she knew she was modeling something cool and wanted others to see it. Like when she got her first apartment in town after her first unofficial divorce and she had hot running water and she was also feeling herself again after some time of not. And she set her place up so cute and left the bay window open to the street so everyone could look in to her little Barbie dream house and see how it felt to live the quirky, beautiful dream she saw. And she didn't mind the gawkers. This is the kind of exhibitionist she is. Or like that time in college when she wrote a letter to herself to be opened a year from then and then left it on her desk as an art installation in a literal gallery. And she was embarrassed to find after the show that the people opened it and read her secrets, but she kind of knew that might happen. That's the kind of exhibitionist she is. So now, after walking long white corridors in ugly white danceos and looking like ass under fluorescent lights for all these years, especially the last two, she is remembering how she wanted to be that kind of role model and a goofball and the spiritual comedian and talk like a chatty girlfriend and have a thing where she stands on a stage and tells everyone all the fucked up and hilarious shit that occurred in her very ordinary life and that she suspects other ordinary humans would find amusing or heartening or perhaps might even harness some of that hard-won wisdom. And it would feel like a happy hour to listen and you swirl it up into a crazy dessert drink like you get in Mexico called a michelada with the gummy worms stuck to the top and it gets you buzzed while you enjoy the sweet parts of someone else's bumpy road of life. So she wants to be that lady who stands on a stage naked with her words, not physically naked, come on, I've got some standards here, and she shares the unbearably embarrassing, and I don't know what that person is called. She fears her patients will call her crazy, or even worse, not call her at all. But because she doesn't care to talk to them now anyhow, on account of the end-stage burnout, working in her boring-ass hospital job, so really, what's the worst that could happen? Well, 
all the exes are not going to like the shit I have to say about their bad behavior. But as Annie Lamott says, if they wanted to sound better in your story, they should have treated you nicer in the first place. I will also be horrified for the men who've moved in and out of my peripheral vision in the shell game called dating. They will not like to hear my first impressions that they seem like a turtle or they are only known as the fireplace guy with the cute arms or the hunky poet with axe. These will not be easy conversations to have after I've told all from the stage and the cat is decidedly out of the bag. And it will not make me look like a nice person to show the audience where the unlovable cellulite is peeking through my outfit and revealing my inherited racism, classism, bougie, hippie, white, privileged lens on the world that I see with horror and can barely bring myself to claim. That shit will be the worst, the most egregious, the stuff I wish I would wish was best left under the rug, but can't be. But the tweensiest problem is that I don't see this woman getting off her bar stool anytime soon, and she isn't even sure she'll go back to her job on Monday. And so she toys with the possibility of a new life, like a Vegas pipe dream, but not the kind where you strip on weekends to pay off your medical school debt, though that is a bomb strategy if you could stomach it. She fears she might not be long for the world in her current gig anyway, at least her gig as she sees it now. So she almost isn't too scared to risk it all and blow it up, because it's no secret she hasn't been happy there for some long time. All the more shameful because she works for herself, and her boss is a major bitch she just can't talk to. So yeah, that's my work thing. What was it you said you did again? <laughs>